Welcome to episode 38 of the WebJoy podcast. I'm your host, Eddie, and in this podcast, we interview guests about their origin story and what makes them excited and joyful to be part of the tech community. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I learned how by doing link code with Carolina Ludardi Correa. Welcome to another episode of WebJoy. I'm excited to have Carolina with us today. Carolina, say hi to all the listeners. Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on and being willing to chat with me for a bit. So I know you pretty well, but those listening may not. So if you don't mind to get started, let's just talk about who you are, what you do, where you work. Just a a brief intro. So yes, I'm a person in transition at the moment. I used to consider myself, I I am a supply chain professional. So working in the industry for a couple of years. I used to have like the, a little bit of a identity attached to that profession kind of thing. But uh, because of my love for supply chain, in the last couple of years, I, I decided to make in the last year, I decided to make a switch and go into tech. And right now I'm going through this transition. So I quit my job at Amazon August of last year. So this week uh, is one year since I quit my job at Amazon to become a developer. So I'm a self, self-taught developer. Self-taught, eh, yeah, I, mean, I, I went to YouTube University. <laughs> <laughs> so I learned how to code uh, by doing lead code. That's actually the truth. That's how I learned, just by seeing the patterns and doing it over and over. Maybe like 400 questions later, I think I know something, maybe not. And then um, in May of this year, I actually got a opportunity to join Amazon back again. But this time in, uh, thank you, Uh, this time in an apprenticeship as a software engineer. So I just uh, got my very first job as software engineer apprentice in the FinTech team at Amazon. And I started uh, back in June. So I've been doing this for about uh, seven weeks now. Awesome. Well, that is exciting and fresh. Congratulations on that. Thank you. What was it that really pushed you to say, I want to do this programming thing and I want to do it enough that I'm willing to actually like quit my job and take time off to actually pursue this thing. Like what was it that really drew you in? So there are there are two things. One, I kind of like I had come from way a couple of years of very stressful job positions that helped me to grow very fast. And those are magical years because I grew in like about two or three years where people take 20 years to build in their careers. And I was able to do that. So one, I wanted a break, period. So, you know, I wanted to take a couple months to just to be home and, you know, just like have some, uh, try to find some balance, you know, health and wellness, do some yoga, spend more time at the gym. I always dream of going to the gym for two hours and I was able to, you know, just that kind of stuff. <laughs> so that was some of it. But what happened was, so back in, uh, I was when I'm not a tradition, I was not a traditional student. So I ended up finishing school a little bit on the later side. And while I was going through college and working full-time in the supply chain industry already, I came across the idea of blockchain. And I had no idea, but everybody was talking blockchain from a finance perspective. I And I had read Stephen Jobs' book, biography had just come out. I read it. And then like I heard about blockchain and I'm like, what? What is this? Can I use this in supply chain? This is a question that I had in my head. And guess what? I wrote a paper about it for one of my classes. Uh, I got accepted. I went to actually present it at Harvard at a conference. I did not go publish, unfortunately. It was not that great. But anyways, I learned a lot. That was the point. 
from that period on, I knew, and from reading Steve Jobs' biography, I knew that I wanted to do something with my life. I did not know that I was tech, but I knew that I, you know, and I knew how much the supply chain struggled because of the lack of tech. So I did not know what I wanted to do. And I did not know what coding was. And I didn't know none of that. And, that. and like, I lived in Texas. In Texas, we don't talk about tech like we do over here in the, in the West Coast, right? So I just knew that it was something that I wanted to do, but I didn't understand what it was and how. So then I got a wonderful opportunity to move from Texas to the Bay Area to work at Tesla. And that was the opportunity that changed my life. Like, I feel like whenever you're ready and you have that, like, that greed and the thing inside, like, I knew I wanted to do something. I did not know what that something was, Right. Uh, I did not have anybody around me that knew how to code. I didn't know what coding was. We did not talk about stocks. You know, it was just a different life and a different mindset. But inside me, I had something. And the opportunity to come, to come work at Tesla came. And whenever I got to Tesla, man, did I find out that I was horrible, that I knew nothing. Oh, no. <laughs> it was wonderful because it was like, it was, I would have to leave work and go home and study and spend this weekend learning like how to do basic things that other people in the Bay Area, everybody knows how to do. So while working at Tesla, I kind of like got into the, uh, you know, I had to automate some, a lot of my work. It was like, that's what I said. It was like, it was the perfect mix of chaos, but that brought out in me this greed and this, and this desire of being better and pursuing excellence. So I started having to, to like really chase like, how, how do I get out of this? Like, I do not know how to do this in learning. And that's when I got introduced to SQL, to Python. I had wonderful, wonderful co-workers that were very uh, skilled with Excel and writing macros and all of this. And then, like, when I started, I knew nothing. When I left, I had improved a lot of processes within my team. I had helped to build dashboards that, like, uh, streamlined the conversation between different uh, players in the supply chain. I had built new processes. I had done so much stuff that it was like, it was wonderful, but I still liked the technical side. And then I joined Amazon after that. And the one of the reasons why I joined Amazon is because I kind of like, I had a dream. <laughs> <laughs> While I work at Tesla, I had uh, this idea. There was one process that I used to do at Tesla that was extremely manual that was not related to Tesla, that everybody that does the imports or exports has to do in this extremely manual, which is which is like classification. Let's not get into it. It's uh, it's boring. <laughs> but it, it's very it's very manual in the in that isn't like anything that like there isn't technology that solved that because at the end of the day you still need the human eye to be able to do that, right? But I was like, there gotta be a way. There gotta be a way. There gotta be something. And at the time, I came across Andrew Jung, I think, machine learning class. Obviously, at that point, I did not have enough knowledge to understood. I did watch the classes on Coursera, did not follow, did not understood, like, but okay, but I, I got an idea. And then I came to work at Amazon. There was kind of like the idea that I had, they are building it. And I got to work, my team was building it with the tech team. And I got to work with the TPM, the technical program manager, into building that and having, I would have the, wow. the, the meetings with like, you know, and that would be the liaison from the business side with the technical side. And I loved doing that. And I love those conversations. That's all I want to do. And I did not like, and I love my job, but it was not, it was challenging, but not that challenging at that point. And, but I wanted to do more of that. And then like on my, on the side, I started like taking classes and I was like talking to other engineers and then like Amazon, they have very strong culture of uh, mentorship. 
and you find mentors to help you through your career. It doesn't need to be in your team. And I noticed that all the people I reach out to were other engineers because I wanted to talk to the engineers. I did not want to talk to the business people anymore. And, you know, there you got to a point where I was like, oh, everything that I would touch, I would think, how can I improve this? How can I automate this? I wonder if there is something that could be done about that. And that was my mindset. And the way I got to the point where I was not thinking about how build processes or improve operations or reducing, or reducing, you know, the number of people or overhead that we had, I was more thinking about how can I using technology solve this issue? That's when I decided that I wanted to do it. And also at that point, all my friends are engineers because I was living in Seattle. So I went from Texas to Bay Area to Seattle to work for Amazon. And, you know, it was just, it was just a wonderful experience. Yes, it was nerve wracking. The very first couple of months after I quit, I needed some mental health time. So I did took a couple of months. Took me about three months to like be in a state where I was like not feeling burnout anymore. I did not tell this to most people until very recently. It was very recently that I felt comfortable telling people that I was struggling with my mental health and that I took some time for myself. And uh, in the beginning, at times, people would ask me and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm studying, you know, just the beginning. But I wasn't. I was taking care of myself. But I felt like I didn't feel comfortable telling people that. So I uh, took a couple months, felt good, then took a vacation and then came back. And then when I came back, I came back focused. And I was like, you know, and that's when I was like, started working and lit coding like crazy and connect with people on Twitter and then started building small projects here and there. I don't, I've not built many projects. Like I said, I learned how to code by doing lit code. And that's when things came together. That's awesome. Wow. Talk about learning on difficult. Like, I feel like it's funny. A lot of people learn through the typical ways of like, okay, building these different projects and things like that. And that's, you know, for everyone listening, that's a great way to learn. Good job. And then I interviewed Francesco from Daily Dev and like he learned using Unity making like video game. And I'm like, that seems like a difficult way to like learn development. Like you're going to build a video game. But then, I mean, leak code, even people who are in the industry for years, right? Like we all hate leak code. Like (laughs) we do leak code if and only if we have to do it to get a job. And here you are, you're like, I'm going to learn programming. I'm going to use leak code. Like, wow, that is learning on difficult. So congratulations on that. I mean, for not giving up when leak code was your primary resource, that is impressive. In my defense, in my defense, I was strict. (laughs) <laughs> like I said, I live in Seattle and all my friends are like, you know, because what happened was at first, like, I think like everybody who has ever tried to learn how to code, what did I do? I went to Udemy and bought like 20 different, like full bootcamp classes, learn this in three days, la la la, you know, that's the route I went. So I have started about like, you know, 20, like, you know, about me pages because I started so many things. So this is how actually I got to it. I read the whole book a Python book, and oh. I wrote every page because that was my mindset, right? And then one of my friends came over and was like, what are you doing? What's the plan, right? You're going to quit your job, but you got to have a plan. I'm like, no, I have a plan. I'm going to do this full bootcamp class. I'm going to do that full bootcamp class. I'm going to finish this in five days. It's 50 hours, la la. You know, that was my that was my mindset. He's like, no, you don't need any of that. You need to know how to lead code. And he's like, do you know how to do FizzBuzz? I'm like, I had done FizzBuzz at that point. Mm, yeah, I can do it confidently. No. He's like, okay, let's do FizzBuzz, let's see. And then he was like harassing me about it, you know? Okay, whatever. And then he's like, okay, here's the plan. 
you're going to do 10 lead calls per day. And I'm like, huh? But that, that was it, you know, because I went, I took like, you know, I went through Python principles, learned how to like a little bit Python here and there. But then I learned by actually doing it. And the, the thing that I struggled with now that I started working is the fact that I feel like I know a lot of concepts and I know how to write the code, but I do not know how to connect things, right? So it's a, now it's a different learning uh-huh. curve. Now, I'm, now my learning curve is how do I bring it all of this together? How do I actually implement a linked list into my whenever I'm building a website and then when I change the pages. So that's the difference. Just how do I bring it all together now? That's the challenge. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Because like a lot of people learn how to do a project and they get that down, but then they have to figure out how to get someone to hire them, right? Because a lot of companies use leak code, you know, in interviews and stuff. So it's like, you kind of have to know both. So a lot of people know how to build a project, but they don't know how to get a job. You really figured out coding and how to get a job really well. But now that you're (laughs) in the job, like connecting the individual codes that make up the leak code into a whole project, you haven't had as much experience at. So that makes complete sense. And honestly, I mean, that's a pretty easy thing to learn, right? Like it's, <laughs> you'll, you'll get it done in no time. Yeah, it's really funny because uh, some some people are like, I, yeah, I can do a medium lead code easily nowadays. But, you know, sometimes I have to ask some basic React questions or the other day I was struggling with interfaces in Java. But hey, it's okay. I can do it. I can learn it. So one thing we like to talk about on this podcast is something that brings you joy. So I guess, is there anything lately that has brought you a lot of joy, you know, whether community, whether a tool, whether, you know, something you've been learning, pretty much anything is open. <laughs> I think that uh, thankfully, not sure if it was the way I was raised or any, I don't know where that influence comes from, but uh, I think like that I'm pretty simple in that sense that uh, I'm able to see the good and to appreciate the simple things. And I think that that has served me very well in very difficult times of my life where I don't need the extraordinary or an additional tool to make me happy. I can just like wake up and have someone to say good morning to. I I understand how significant that is and how blessed I am for having that. Uh, So I think that I'm very blessed that I'm able to see and have joy in simple things. But lately, I, I have, life has given me some uh, very sweet surprises. Some very great things have happened to me. One of them is my brother is visiting me from Brazil. So he's spending three months over here with me. So I moved out. I left my, ho- my home when I was 18. So pretty much I have not lived with my brother for like almost 12 years. So I knew him as a teenager, like, you know, as a rebellious kid. And then, so I did not know who he was. I did not know him. So now I get to spend time with him. It's been wonderful. Then throughout this apprenticeship that I'm doing, I have met some wonderful people, some uh, women that are just like me, that are driven, that have had different careers, that are challenging themselves. So we have been able to connect and it's such a blessing to have other people that can like think like you do, because I have in the past have had people think that I'm too driven, you know? So now finding people that think the same way, it's amazing. Of course, I'm careful to not just go into group think. I know that. But, you know, it's just amazing to have, like, that some supportive system. And and my pets, I have four pets. One of them is missing. That's the not joyful part. Oh, no. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that because we're talking about joy. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But I have four pets. I have two dogs and two cats. And they are the joy of my life. There is never a due day in this house. You know, there is never, like, a boring moment because they're always 
doing something. And, you know, like if I'm here just working, my cat will scratch the door and have me let him in and then he'll come and, you know, like make, make me stop working and throw with him and, and then he leaves. So it's, uh, you know, they give me a lot of, a lot of, a lot of joy. And then also I live in Washington. I'm sorry, but I got to show off and Washington is gorgeous in the sun. So I get to go on hikes and just like literally just walking, just driving through the state, through anywhere that you drive. It's just beautiful. The mountains, the sun, it's so green. It's so beautiful. You know, so Seattle in the summer is the best place to be at. And I'm here. So I'm very thankful for it. It's funny being not from the north of the United States. I often picture it always cold and desolate. But we actually visited Maine recently during this summer. And I was like, wow, it like feels really good up here. Like the weather is nice and warm. So I imagine, you know, probably somewhat similar temperament Mm -hmm. uh, in Washington as as Maine right now. So that's awesome that you have the good summer. I love that really the thing that brings you joy is life, right? Like if you think about all the little things that you listed, right? Like having someone to see in the morning, family, pets, and also, right, like having community. I think that's the essence, right? Like you said, you know, of course you don't want to group think, but like to be in a place and not feel like you have anyone who can think like you or understand like you, right? Like you were saying, people sometimes might think you're too driven or something. And that can make us feel individualized, right? And like set aside because, well, people think we're different for some reason or another. And so to... Isolated. Yeah, exactly. And so to find people who like see you for you, right? And like understand the way you're wired. It is such an awesome thing to be able to rest and know. And that's awesome. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, as we wrap up today, you know, one thing we always like to do at the end is just to say, hey, like as a community, we love to support each other and didn't know if there was anything that you're involved in or anything that you've worked on that you'd like to share with the community that you think they might find helpful. Well, you know, I'm uh, not actively involved right now, but uh, whenever I was doing lead code uh, and I was struggle, find myself struggling, I use, I relied on Twitter a lot, you know, just as in, I would post some there like, I don't feel like doing lead code today or something. And people would kind of motivate me. And that was the really literally the idea. The reason why I would post is because I would try from the peer pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so from that a idea, and it was actually not my idea to clarify. It was uh, Sean Axon's idea to create a community where we would like help each other to stay accountable. And because of that, a... I ended up creating a community called Accountability Buddies on Twitter. I actually don't promote this community much because, you know, it's growing. It has been growing since it started. It's not very large, but I like it to be an organic thing. And like, I only tell people to join it if it's someone that I know that it needs some sort of accountability or help. So we have this community where you can go there and you can be like, hey, I'm currently working on this. I need some accountability. Can someone check on me in a week, you know? And then like, we can like, uh, help each other, remind each other. Sometimes at the beginning of the week, we go and post our goals. People post. People use the community differently. And some people we use just to track, you know, just to like go there and write and be like, hey, I will get X, Y, Z done. So that's a wonderful community. If anybody 
is it doesn't matter what it is that you're working on. You know, I'm talking about like lead code, but it doesn't need to be even tech related. If it's a fitness goal that you're pursuing, or perhaps say, you know, you just want to feel healthier, or you just want to read more, just like use the community and ask people directly point out to people and be like, hey, who can help me to be accountable to this? Because that is a community for you, right? So just like, you know, uh, I have the community uh, that I'm very proud of. Uh, like, you know, I was being off the social medias for a while now, but I logged in today and I saw that people were helping each other. And that, that gave me so much joy. That really did. I actually went downstairs and told my partner, you're not going to believe it. Because I kind of like felt a little bit in the beginning that the community was a little bit dependent on me to kind of like keep the conversation going. And that's not the case at all. People are helping Aww. each other. And that's the beauty. You know, you find people that are like have similar goals and you push each other. So yes, uh, Accountability Buddies is a community on Twitter. Yeah, so that's what I have. If you guys need any help with staying accountable. Awesome. That's excellent. And yeah, that's so encouraging, right? To just like step away. And when you peek back in, you see people working together and helping each other out. And like it really achieved the goal, right? Which is like anything that relies on one person isn't really a thing. Sustainable. Yeah, exactly. It's not sustainable. And so that's awesome to see. It's kind of, it's grown beyond the need for you to be there. And like, you can come in and check in, right? When it's good for you and when it's healthy for you. And when it's not, like they'll still be there to support each other. And that's just super encouraging. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for asking. (laughs) Well, that is about it. Thank you, Carolina, for joining us today. I really appreciate you making the time to chat. And it's been fun just hearing about your journey and what brings you joy and all of that stuff. Awesome. No, thank you so much. I really appreciate you inviting me over. I was like, why me? Um, You know, but I like, I hope that my story uh, inspires someone. And if you have a go or something, just connect with me. Let, let me help you to be accountable as well. So thank you so much, Eddie. This is such a pleasure. Thank you. Appreciate you. My pleasure. Thank you for joining us for episode 38. I learned how by doing leak code with Carolina Lundardi Correa. You can find links to everything we talked about in this episode, as well as a link to Carolina's social media accounts in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, help others discover it as well. Why don't you give us a shout out, you know, on your favorite social media platform? Maybe tag that friend or coworker that came to mind during this episode. Don't forget to follow us wherever you hang out online. Or, you know, you can subscribe to our newsletter to stay up to date. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Bye. Thank you.